Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And speaking of traveling the world, we're currently here in Manila, Philippines, and uh, just did our virtual summit, which was five days, 30 plus speakers uh, uh, from around the world. So make sure you check out the Digital Nomad Mastery virtual summit at digitalnomadmastery.com. We've put all the recordings there for everyone to watch at any time, forever. Uh, and uh, we're continuing our podcast interview series with different digital nomads, world travelers from around the world. And we have an amazing digital nomad who's actually from Canada, but he's not there, and neither am I. I'm in the Philippines, and our guest is in, uh, he's in South Africa, actually, right near Jeffrey's Bay. And uh, his name is Greg Snell. He is the producer and director of Snell Media. He's also the former producer director of Travel Globe, Global, Think Local. And he was actually the former Australia's best jobs in the world, uh, wildlife caretaker. So super excited to learn all about his adventures and travels around the world and also, uh, you know, income generation, which is a big theme of our show. Uh, so, Greg, how are you doing over there in South Africa today, my friend? Very good, Ricky. I'm uh, happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me on to the show and uh, looking forward to answering some questions and talking more about the digital nomad lifestyle. Yeah, that's one of my favorite topics to talk about, internet marketing and, of course, traveling the world. What makes a difference impacting others? So why don't we quickly get a little bit of your background story? Uh, so you're from Canada, you've been traveling the world, making online, making money online. Why didn't you tell us that story uh, to start off? Sure. So my name is Greg Snell, and I'm from Toronto, Canada. Uh, however, I haven't lived in Toronto for about 12 years now. Um, I studied adventure tourism in the Canadian Rocky Mountains, uh, which you can do in Canada. It's adventure tourism business operations. And uh, that led me into the world of travel and tourism, specifically with small tour operators, small group tour operators. And I started with a Canadian tour company at the time known as Gap Adventures, uh, now G Adventures, as a tour leader in South America. So that sort of led into the best jobs in the world with Australia, and then eventually trying to produce and direct a documentary uh, pilot series for television. And that eventually led into running my own business, which is Snell Media, which I'm currently the producer and the director of. And uh, running your own small business, like in the world of travel and tourism, almost begs to be nomadic. It is, uh, it's almost like natural progression. So, um, that's kind of the story of how I got here, studying adventure tourism, working as a tour leader. Good stuff, Greg. Uh, looks like the internet's cutting in and out there. Hey, life is a digital man means you're never going to have perfect internet. I was actually in South Africa earlier, uh, last year actually, and man, it was tough there with the internet. Uh, we traveled overland from Johannesburg to Cape Town. I was trying to do exactly what we're doing now, different podcast interviews. I was trying to do my video uh, coaching calls, recording online courses. Oh, man, it's tough. And I thought the Philippines is bad. We're here in the islands, and I've had uh, internet issues here as well. So, hey, uh, I can totally relate to your struggles, Greg. And this is what we said before we started the interview. Uh, Greg and me were like, you know what, we should really try to figure out how to solve the world internet issues. Because uh, obviously, where if you're from Canada, US, Europe, uh, Australia, New Zealand, you're used to good internet. But when you get into like Latin America, you know, parts of Asia, like where I'm now, or parts of Africa, like where Greg is, the internet isn't as strong. So uh, Greg, whenever you're back on, uh, let me know. I'm just gonna keep talking there. Uh, you back on yet? 
Okay, he's not back yet. <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to talk about RLL travels here while we wait for uh, Greg to get back on. Not hearing, oh, there he is, he's back on now. Yeah, I'm just going to share a little bit about travels while we wait for Greg to get back on. Uh, so we, we've been traveling for almost two years. It's actually December 1st when I'm recording this interview. And our two-year Nomad anniversary is coming up on December 6th. 2018 so i call that our nomad uh you know dream day i call it a dream day because that's when we left canada to travel the world and we've been in it for two years with no intention of stopping and we've been uh you know in 30 countries the last uh two years and i've been to 81 countries total and our big goal is to be the first family in human history to travel to every country in the world and i love interviewing fellow digital nomads to uh get their stories and to inspire others to travel through figuring out how they did because if i can do it if greg can do it so can you so greg you're back how are you doing uh, I am uh, slightly frustrated with my internet connection here. It uh, seems to be the constant uh, pain in the butt. So we're back online and that's great, but uh, sorry about that. I apologize. That's all good. All good. You know, it's all part of the journey. This is actually the reality of the nomad journey, right? It's not what you see on Instagram. On Instagram, you'll see the happy <laughs> pictures with the palm trees, the mojitos. You want to eat like, ah, I feel like throwing my computer across the wall, uh, you know, and like uh, uh, just being so frustrated with the internet so this is just real i, I like the reality of um you know the show so greg um yeah, we so we talked a little bit about your backstory i'd love to hear some of those previous jobs before you got into snell uh, uh media as your full-time occupation career right now let's talk about this whole thing in uh, uh g adventures because that's a big company uh you were a small group tour leader and uh, let's tell how was that how was that experience like you do adventures in south america and beyond uh, what were the highlights of that job uh, well, the highlights is getting uh, able to travel and get paid for it, really. Um, that was always my goal when I was about 21, 22, was to get paid to travel the world. And being an adventure tour leader was a very good way of doing that. Um, so you don't get paid very much, but I was able to still make money and consistently travel. So uh, that is uh, a huge highlight and benefit, uh, as well as meeting people. Uh, as a tour leader, you're genuinely running trips of about 15 passengers. Uh, plus then all the local uh, tour operators and the accommodation that you meet along the way. So uh, every two weeks, you know, I have a group with me of, a, say, 15 people, and I'm running two tours a month times three years. That's like just over 500 people that you uh, meet and travel with, and they become kind of like a small family and, and friends for that time that you're together. So that's a huge highlight as well, and I'm still in touch with a lot of those people to this day. Um, it also teaches you a lot about yourself. Uh, traveling in general, I think, is an eye-opening experience for uh, anybody, no matter how old you are. And being a tour leader, you're also responsible for uh, a lot of other people's um, holidays and their expectations. And that is uh, a good way to, to learn about yourself and how you manage situations and small group management. And uh, that was a big highlight for me. I think I took a lot away from that in uh, looking back, like reflecting on that time. Awesome. And you know, a lot of people say, oh, you're a tour guide. That was one of the best jobs in the world. Well, you almost topped that by getting actually, literally the best job in the world in Australia. Yeah. It was called your wildlife caretaker in South Australia. I want to hear the backstory. <laughs> how did you actually get that job? And then uh, tell us how was that like? Yeah, sure. So that was uh, 2013 was the application for the second round of Tourism Australia's best job in the world competition. And uh, it's funny that you say that I had the best job as a tour leader because I did start my application by saying I have the best job in the world. However, it's time for a change. And uh, I think that that kind of got the attention of South Australia and the government. And uh, they were 
uh, interested in, in hiring somebody who had a different backstory and wasn't doing an office job or uh, looking for um, some sort of PR marketing position. I already had a fantastic uh, tourism position and uh, in adventure tourism and hospitality. So I think that my background uh, was very um, uh, good and positive leading into the application for the best jobs in the world. And uh, I already made videos and took photos and had a blog at the time as well. And those were some of the requirements for that position was to be making videos every week and uploading blog posts and uh, taking pictures and managing social media accounts. And I was already doing all that anyway. So, yeah. So uh, what kind of wildlife were you taking care of? Because I know Australia is known for some pretty crazy different wild, wildlife. You know, Steve Irvin obviously made it quite famous around the world. I spent three years in Australia. Mm -hmm. Saw some incredible wildlife. So what were some of your highlights in terms of the animals you were taking care of? Well, yeah, great white sharks are probably the one that's like the most, oh my gosh, it's going to eat me. Um, but uh, those were, are, there's a lot of great whites around the Neptune Islands off of uh, Port Lincoln in South Australia. And I got the very lucky opportunity to go uh, cage diving with them and not the South Africa or Mexico style where you're at the surface, but actually in cages that go down to 30 meters below sea level. Um, so you're at you know, the, the environment of the sharks. And that was a really unique experience. You can only do that with one tour operator in the entire world. It's a liveaboard uh, with rotten fox sharks. And that was really, really interesting. So that was one of the wildlife that I was taking care of. Um, also uh, wallabies and uh, kangaroos, koalas, lots of different bird species, um, snakes and uh, spiders and insects and all that stuff. But really the best jobs in the world wildlife caretaker was was about PR and about marketing and about content creation and about digital media. And uh, that was the, you know, the wildlife is the highlight, which you're focusing on now, but the actual job was, you know, visiting these wildlife uh, places and taking photos of the wildlife and writing about the wildlife and making videos about the position to share online, to inspire other people to come to South Australia to experience that wildlife themselves. Amazing. You mentioned the shark cage diving. I actually did it where you are in South Africa twice. I did it in uh, Mossel Bay, actually, and then I did it in Hermanus, which is a famous area. And like you said, it's the surface level, which is cool uh, because I had never done it ever. So it's cool still having Ray Weiss literally knocking on the cage. Uh, but I haven't done it like, yeah. like all the way uh, under the uh, ocean, under the water there. So it sounds incredible. So we've talked about two of those amazing jobs. You also worked for the Travel Global Think Local. Let's talk about that and then we'll get into current. Sure. So Travel Global Think Local is uh, is the title, uh, which is actually an acronym TGTL uh, for a pilot documentary series that I created with a guy named David Copythorn. Uh, and the idea was to try and build a program uh, focused on uh, people around the world that are actively creating positive change in their communities. And we were able to get funding through Kickstarter uh, for 30,000 Canadian dollars to make the first three episodes. Uh, and really the whole idea when we built this concept in 2015 was to sell it to Netflix or to Amazon Prime or to a production company in Canada like Blue Ant Media uh, to or Red Bull Media House in Europe to take it further. And uh, we were able to produce a really compelling pilot and concepts uh, however in the world of programming it's um, unfortunate that a lot of like positive programming especially in like documentary style doesn't get a lot of funding people want to know about um, 
conspiracies or about uh, uh, natural disasters or about problems. And uh, when you're trying to highlight positive change, there seems to be less of a of an interest. So that never went anywhere, which was kind of sad, but it was a project that I put a lot of heart and soul into and that I'm proud of for uh, over a year. Awesome. I love it. And that's uh, one of uh, the big themes of our show. Don't just travel for the sake of sightseeing and taking things off the bucket list or making lots of money, but also making the impact and transforming the cultures and communities you're in. So yeah, we definitely yeah, resonate there. Yeah. So Greg, uh, your current uh, you know, focus is Snell Media. Tell us about that company. When did you start it? And what are the main uh, services and uh, products you offer there? Sure. So Snell Media is my own little business and it's how I make money as a digital nomad. Uh, the main services are travel photography and video production. Uh, we also do a bit of like micro influence social media management. Um, but I found that with my clients, the most uh, uh, profitable service I can provide is uh, the photography and the video, and then that in itself becomes a product when they buy those uh, photos and those short videos to help market their business and or destination online. So I've been running that business for what, like three years now, since the end of 2015 when Travel Global Think Local was finished uh, because I needed to make money. So I uh, took a look at what my skill set was and it's definitely photography and video production and uh, decided to monetize that and try and uh, build a business. And that's what Snell Media is. Sounds good, Greg. And uh, you know, one of the challenges we face as entrepreneurs, I think almost every entrepreneur struggles with this, uh, uh, you know, whole issue of getting enough clients. So I love uh, picking the brains of business owners in terms of how they get clients, how do they uh, you know, generate that income regularly and so it's consistent, stable, secure, so you don't end up running out of money and going back living with your parents. So what have you done to get that uh, regular steam, steam of clients? Uh, great question. I find that it's always a bit of a, a, a challenge. Uh, what I do a lot of is networking, uh, stuff like this podcast, putting yourself out there, um, trying to be uh, active on social media, uh, talking to a lot of your contacts, people within the industry, trying to go to trade shows or invest in marketing your own business and uh, doing that strategically and successfully. And it's, it is always a challenge. I mean, I'm consistently pitching um, and a lot of those pitches don't go anywhere. I'd say probably 95% of the conversations that I have about real paid work probably just fizzle out and lead to nothing. But the 5% that do is what I, uh, you know, have to continue to con consistently create. And that's uh, what I've been doing for three years. But it's always a challenge, man. But I guess my, my point is that the best way to build new uh, clients and build your business is through networking and communication. Yeah, and I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. You got to really pitch yourself. And a lot of entrepreneurs struggle. They like creating content or they like just marketing or networking, but not pitching and selling themselves. And, you know, you said uh, it really accurately, like you, you'll pitch a lot, but you'll get rejected or ignored a lot too. And that can definitely be a dent on the ego in terms of like, I'm still worth it. You know, like I still love myself, even though the people are ignoring me. So I'm glad you mentioned that as well. Like keep pressing on um, until you get that 5%. And, you know, that's where the money is. That's where the gold mine is, right? Sure. 
Yeah. So you spend the last couple of months in Africa. We've talked about your business and your kind of the income side of things. We love to talk about travel. So you've traveled quite extensively. Last time we connected, you were like in Madagascar. Uh, now you're in South Africa. So tell us about some of the place in Africa, because we want to inspire people to go to that. Uh, they call it the hidden continent because a lot of travel bloggers or, uh, you know, just travelers generally, they leave it. They leave Antarctica and Africa into the end, whereas you're quite extensive in your African travels. So tell, about, tell us about those travels. Sure. Uh, this trip is two and a half months, and we started in Madagascar. I'm traveling with my girlfriend, who is also a digital nomad, so that's uh, another conversation completely uh, with her business. But uh, we, we started in Madagascar, and we did uh, two and a half weeks in partnership with a local tour operator there. Um, and that was uh, not a paid job, but it was definitely an exchange of services to be able to save us a bit of money and provide quality content for them. So that was awesome. We had basically a private tour in Madagascar, which doesn't happen very often, so I was happy about that. Uh, then Mozambique, this uh, southeast coast of Mozambique is really a beautiful part of the world, and it's very undiscovered uh, uh, because most backpackers that travel southern Africa go to like Kenya and Tanzania, Malawi, Botswana, Namibia, Zambia, and South Africa. It's not often that Mozambique gets visited because it's kind of out of the way and it's got a huge coastline. So to be able to travel to Mozambique along the same route of going like sort of north to south is actually relatively difficult. So I, I, I'm not sure if your viewers or yourself are aware of the Dark Star Safari. It's, um, it's a backpacking route or a cycling route from Cairo to Cape Town. Um, and the Cairo to Cape Town route is relatively popular, but it never goes from like Malawi or, or Tanzania through Mozambique to South Africa, because if you were to do it that way, you'd miss, um, yeah, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Namibia, and then South Africa. So a lot of people do it that way instead of the Mozambique way, including myself. In 2012, I did a four-month trip from like South Sudan, Uganda, all the way to Cape Town. I visited nine countries, but I skipped Mozambique. So I really, really, really wanted to go back to Mozambique. So that's why, long story short, we went to Mozambique. Then we came from Mozambique through Swaziland because it works out perfectly. And then down into KwaZulu-Natal, which is the Northeast province of South Africa. And then from KwaZulu-Natal and St. Lucia, we've traveled all the way down the coast. And then here we are now just south of Chester's Bay. Awesome, I gotta ask you the question, what's next? Uh, because you spent the last couple of months in um, Africa, in the continent, where are you going to next? Uh, yeah, so we're going to Iceland. I work with a YouTuber named Brendan Vansung, who's a Canadian travel photographer, and he hires me as an assistant on a lot of his adventure tours, uh, given the, the history that I have as a tour leader with G Adventures and also as a content creator. So we're going to Iceland in January, and then I've got a couple of uh, uh, ski resort clients in Austria that I work for every season, and they've hired me to come down for a couple of weeks uh, in January as well. But living nomadically, you need to have kind of an idea where you're going to be at least like six months in advance. I like to think for those of us who live this uh, lifestyle. So we're more or less planned up until about June of next year. And, uh, and that's a nice feeling because my girlfriend is also a digital nomad, so we can kind of make those plans together. Planning is one of those scary words for digital nomads because a lot of us, we don't even know what's happening this weekend, let alone next month, let alone next year. So that's pretty, pretty impressive. You got your plans Thanks. all the way until mid 2019. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, uh, final question for you, uh, Greg, uh, for the people listening or watching who are considering this digital nomad lifestyle, they haven't left uh, their home country and they're wondering, 
how is it like uh, besides the bad internet uh, you know how, how can they make it happen in terms of the the income that's a big objection or struggle that people face uh, what are your mm-hmm. tips uh, besides the Nike just do it slogan what are your tips for people who are aspiring to be digital nomads uh, my tips are to find your skill set I think that that's really challenging but sort of looking at what it is that you're good at and then trying to monetize that. So if you're good at uh, taking pictures like like I am, then maybe you can try and take pictures in the destination and sell those pictures on stock media or to uh, like individual clients. It's it's really, really challenging. I'm not gonna lie. You can't just like get out there and say, hey, this is me, this is what I'm good at, you should give me money. It's, uh, you need like a lot more time and energy than that. It just doesn't happen overnight. But I mean, okay, let me try and give you an example because I'm not a good example because I've been doing this for like 10 years and it's slowly kind of created or became this job. But here's an example. An American guy that I met in uh, South America about a year ago uh, just started traveling with his savings and he really loved traveling and wanted to continue traveling, but he didn't know how to make money. So he started like making music and like doing murals, like different art for the hostels that he was staying at and getting a free accommodation in return. So he monetized his skill set to free accommodation, which saved him money on the road. And he found different ways of being able to do that at every location that he went. And eventually one of two of those hostels started actually paying him for these services. And then he started making money while he was traveling, right? So I think the trick is to find what it is you're, you're good at or what you make money now. What's your job? You know, what do you do? If you clean windows in an office building, maybe you can clean windows at a hotel somewhere and they might pay you for that. Like if you're good at making coffee, whatever it is, you like, what is your job now and how can you take those skills and create um, a small business or get other jobs on the road while traveling? That's, those are my tips. It might not be that great, but yeah, that's, that would be how I would start if I was starting from scratch. Yeah, no, I think those are some rock solid tips there. You definitely have to start from that place of passion and purpose and figuring out what your skills are and then transfer them to other jobs that are a bit more nomadic. I love that whole advice about, you know, doing trades and barters. That's what we do as travel bloggers too. Like you mentioned in Madagascar, you did a trade. We did that in uh, Cape Town when we were Cape Town Tourism or even traveling from Toronto to Cape Town with Passports. So trades and barters are a really good way of uh, obviously cutting down on expenses because saving money is actually making money as well so yeah i definitely agree with the whole barter model so greg if people have further questions about your own digital nomad journey if they want to see some of your amazing pictures or videos maybe they want to hire you for some video work uh what's your website and how can people connect snellmedia.com it's that easy or just search greg snell on youtube i've got or sorry on google and youtube will probably pop up first but uh, I've got a nice big portfolio all over the internet. So you just have to search my name. Uh, but yes, yeah, snellmedia.com or Greg Snell on YouTube and Google and send me a message and I'll try and connect. Beautiful. Yeah, I highly encourage you to connect you with Greg. Like uh, Greg said, he's been doing this for over 10 years. Uh, several different travel related occupations, jobs and careers. So he could definitely give you some advice, tips and guidance. So Greg, uh, enjoy the rest of your trip, trip over there in South Africa. And thanks for coming on to our show podcast here today. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode, a very enlightening one with our guest, Greg Snell, joining us live from just outside Jeffrey's Bay, South Africa, in the tip of Africa, and me joining from Middle of the Philippines. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you with you in the next